0: Welcome to the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Pastor. Here is always my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsaw, how are you? It's a good week off. Good week off. Got to recharge the
1: batteries a little bit. And as promised, here we are. It's a mailbag. I love the mailbag. It is one of my favorite things that we do here. Yep. I genuinely do enjoy the mailbag a whole lot. Because it's like, it's the one show that we do that just is, you know, it. We know we're helping people
0: with the mailbag because that's true. You send. there is proof of that because every other show, we could just be talking into the void and nobody could be listening. But for this, we know exactly what this is. Right.
1: Right. And everyone's had ample amount of time to, uh, to get their, uh, to get their questions in. And we had, we had a ton of questions, but a lot of them just kind of overlapped, which, which was kind of nice. So, you know, there's more than a few people that have the same sort of questions. So we picked the ones that were the most pertinent. So here we are.
0: Yep. And it makes sense because going into the season, I think a lot of people would have the same questions with how they want to rank players, especially when you have two players who are neck and neck in rankings where you just don't know. Or, you know, on draft strategy, like who, let's say you have the eighth pick and you're like, who do I take? Do I go receiver? Do I go running back? You know, that's what these questions are about. I don't think we have any questions about that per se, but um, yeah, just that sort of thing. I think a lot of people will have similar questions, but we have 11 here, 11 unique questions and um, I'm excited to uh, get started here. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I and mean, we, uh, we have the mailbag, mailbag today. And then over the next couple of weeks, it's just going to be a whole lot more draft stuff looking more into Had divisional previews coming up, which are going to be wonderful. So, it will definitely get to do more of a a deep dive into each player overall. Um, And then, of course, we have the rankings disputes that Jake and I are going to be doing. So, I think you know probably what we'll end up doing is the the divisional previews. We'll probably do uh, next. We'll probably start those uh, later this week. And then, once we get the divisional previews done. And once Jake has his ranks all ready to go, then we'll be able to do rankings disputes between Jake and I.
0: Cool. Exciting stuff. Yeah. I'm ready. I'm ready. Yep. Who doesn't love a good mailbag? Nobody. Nobody loves a good mailbag. Or everybody loves a good mailbag. I was I was going to say. Are, 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 nobody are you doesn't. One, are you
1: one for the content, Adam?
0: I was going to say, nobody doesn't love a good mailbag. But really, it's everybody loves a mailbag.
1: That's everybody, everybody does love a good, a good, a good mailbag. Yes. Um, one, one thing that I did, I did want to touch on before we get into the actual mailbag, um, Acrisure Stadium, or, or however the fuck you say it. Yeah, it's dumb. It's terrible. It's like Crypto.com Arena. I'm it's gonna call it.
0: Bad. I'm
1: probably still gonna call it Heinz Field. Just, oh, because. I'm definitely still gonna call it Heinz Field. Like I still call it Staples Center. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that today. I was just
0: like, "Wait, what? That's bad. That's like that, that." No, 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 thanks. I'm good. Also, how I used to occasionally call the Giants Stadium, baseball Giants Stadium, uh, AT and T Park,
1: because it sounds better. It sounds better. Yeah, AT and T Park does sound much better. It just sounds cleaner coming off the tongue versus uh, whatever the hell it is now.
0: It's Oracle Park. Or Oracle like Safe- Oracle Park. Yes. Or a Safeco Field, for example. Also. Yep. Yep. as opposed to T Mobile. T Mobile. Yeah, but I think, but I think also, T
1: Mobile isn't that a brand new ballpark? No, it's the same one, just a different the different name. Got, oh, it was the one in Texas. I'm an idiot. I knew it was someone in that division. I got yeah. the I got them all mixed up. Speaking of speaking of, I also want to touch on this as well because I have a meeting. I have a bone to pick with you. Um, how in God's name did you not have the Yankees making the playoffs when we did our season predictions? I didn't think they were going to be this good, but not making the playoffs where there's three wild card teams.
0: Come on, Adam. Come on. The
1: Mariners over the Yankees. Oh, come on.
0: I Adam. thought the Blue Jays and the Red Sox and the Rays were going to be way better than they are this year.
1: Well, well. To be fair, I also did take I did take Toronto to win uh, the division. I didn't have the Yankees even coming in second. I had the Yankees coming in third. So. You know, I, I, I'm I not getting off scotch-free either, but not even making the playoffs. Was that the Mets fan talking? Come on, you can admit it. You can admit it. It's
0: okay. I think it was more recency bias than anything, just because of the kind of – the Yankees looked really lackluster throughout last season, and then they laid a huge egg in the wild card game. I was like, this team might be cooked. Adam, they are the New York – we are the New York Yankees. We're never cooked. Apparently all it took was just trading away Gary Sanchez. Yep. Yep. Next up, next up, Joey Gallo. The next
1: up after that, a roll is Chapman at Aaron Hicks, please.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I don't know who's going to be taking on that contract or that. Like Joey Gallo. I don't even
1: know. Well, Joey Gallo's on, on an expiring contract. So maybe you can get, you can get something for it. Um, but
0: Hicks,
1: yeah. So I mean, same thing with Chapman. Chapman's on an expiring deal, and there are teams that will probably uh, potentially want closer help, and you know that could be an avenue that they go down. Especially if you have a team that's closing in on on playoffs, maybe needs you know some back end of the bullpen help. Maybe like San Francisco could use a closer. Um, who knows? With Atlanta, you know, with with Kenley Jansen situation. Fuck uh, maybe... Atlanta.
0: Love Kenley Jansen. Fuck it.
1: Oh, I love I love Kenley Jansen, yes, fuck fuck Atlanta, indeed. Um Hey, how, how how they weren't able to get the deal close with Freddie Freeman, but also fuck Freddie Freeman's representation. But that, that's an entirely different situation. Uh, but we're not here to talk baseball. We're, we're, we're here to throw baseball. I'm killing
0: I'm killing the tangent. We're gonna even get started. I was just gonna say, you know, it's not 2016 anymore. I don't think teams are going to be trading for Rolls Chapman as their closer for the playoffs.
1: Well, you're not you're not getting uh, a generational piece that you can potentially build a franchise around. That's for
0: damn sure. And then basically getting him for free because he then signs with you again in free agency. Correct. Correct. The old, well, yeah, stuff happens. It's the old Jay Bruce situation. Well, what, hold
1: on. What did, I know he changed his name. But I forget what he changed it to. Jackson. Yes, it was his middle name. So Clint, Fra- Clint Frazier Clint Fraser did to tra- uh, change his name um, to to Jackson. But the Errolis Chapman deal was for, was for Glaber. Wait,
0: His Errolis Jack- deal was for Glaber.
1: Yeah, no, uh,
0: I, I know that. But is Jackson is is Jackson Fraser now? It's Jackson Fraser Cl- now. Yeah. Oh,
1: cool yeah. name, Clint. Clint changed his name to Jackson. And, and he you went and from he one was,
0: cool. He was one cool the,
1: name. He was part of the Andrew Miller deal.
0: Yeah, I was thinking of the Araldus Chapman for Gleyber Torres. Well, the a generational piece pull the franchise around. Was that one for one? No, it was more than that. It
1: was uh, we we got Adam Warren for like the the twentieth time. I, I'm shocked that the, Yanke- the the Yankees haven't tried to bring him back. Where is Adam Warren these days? Let's see. So the Glaber Torres deal. It was that's right. Rashad Crawford, Adam Warren, Glaber Torres, and Billy McKinney. That's right. Love Billy McKinney. That's legend. To the Yankees for a oldest chapman. That's right. I knew there was somebody else in that deal. Love Glaber. Love Glaber. Great guy.
0: Uh, I was kind of – I remember that – okay. Oh, no. Oh,
1: boy. It, he's doing, he's doing heavy-duty research.
0: No, I was thinking, like, the Yankees gave up some, like, great prospects in the Stanton trade, but they didn't. No, no, because there was that monster contract that, that went along with it. It was the other trades where the Marlins got, like, their like, – two-thirds of their rotation.
1: Yeah, yeah. There... That, was like, that was like the Yelich sh- trade, and then there was yeah. one more that I forget off the top of my head. Oh, uh, JT Rambuno. No, Marcelo Zuna. Marcelo Zuna, that's the one.
0: They got Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara, probably Sixto Sanchez, I think. I don't know off the top of my head. I think so. I'm pretty sure
1: that Sixto Sanchez is one of them. I think. I think off the top, off the top
0: of the i head, not sure. Yep. And then they robbed the diamondbacks to get Jazz Chisholm. Was that the Zach Gallen trade? I think so. Eek. Although maybe they didn't rob the Diamondbacks because Zach Allen's looking pretty good. But he's no Jazz Chisholm. No, Jazz.
1: Jazz is a bad man. i take him on the Yankees in RP. I would take him on the I would take him on the Mets.
0: Move Jeff McNeil to left. Sit Marcana. And put Jazz at second. Fire, fire Mark Cannon out of Trevor J. <laughs> Jesus. I haven't heard that one in a while. No, I'm kidding. Fire James McCann out of Trevor J.
1: Fair. Are you still what do you still have two more years to pan? This year yeah, and next.
0: But, but then that just means two more years until Francisco Alvarez gets a starting role with the Mets. Fair. Fair. Just a nice, nice little bridge. Yeah. All right. So let's go to the mailbag. We've wasted enough time, as we usually do. Uh, Roses are red, violets are blue. Yep. So pick a number, one to 11. Mm, I'll go for my, my new number two, William Salima. Number two is from Connor. Where? If you know, where is Connor from? Where do you think Connor is from? Give me a ballpark. I'm gonna say a shining
1: city on the hill in the Pacific Northwest, otherwise known as Portland, Oregon.
0: We love Portland, Oregon. It's a
1: beautiful, beautiful, beautiful place. It really is. Yep. It really is. I heard the I heard the statue of Jesus. It's over Rio de Janeiro. I hear I hear it wants to be uplifted and moved to Portland, Oregon. I think
0: so. I I wouldn't be surprised.
1: Mm-mm. Absolutely not. We love Portland here. Love Portland. Shout out Portland.
0: For sure. Give us Damian Lillard. So, oh, a guard tandem of Jalen Brunson and Damian Lillard. Please. We can make it work. We can make it work. We can we can split the minutes. Hey, nobody on the Knicks is asking how I can tell you that right now. <laughs>
1: yep. <laughs> That's right. My team
0: isn't in turmoil. We're just consistently garbage. <laughs> for once, my team isn't in turmoil. My team isn't in the news for all the wrong reasons. Oh, it's so nice. Uh, You'll have to see it. Oh, I tell you, it's wonderful. Except for all the tampering, apparently. Alleged tampering. Oh, they absolutely fucking tampered. Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, but my everybody- God. Everybody in the NBA everyone knew. Come on now. But also everybody tampers in the NBA. Yes, of course. Just don't get caught. That was so obvious. If you're to find the Knicks, they hired his fucking father to be assistant coach of the team. Like, hello. (laughs) It would be like it would be like if they hired Donovan Mitchell's father away from the Mets. And then they saw and then they traded for Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. Yep.
1: It's like, it's like, ah, I don't know. Uh, what's a, what's a, what's a good example. It, it, it's like if, um, it's like if the Knicks had the first overall, overall pick in two years, they were, they still have Jalen Brunson, but they draft Bronny James and magically
0: LeBron wants to sign with them. Gee, I wonder why. Yeah, that sounds about right. But something like anyway, that. so the question is from Connor. Connor asks, rank them in full point PPR. And these are all running backs. Okay. Joe, Joe Mixon, Dalvin Cook, Najee Harris, Derek Henry, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift.
1: Um, I think I have the names right. If I'm missing anybody, please tell me. Um, so I have it as, and th- this is this is very, very close for me. Um because there is a tear break. Um, between the top three guys and the next three guys. But for me, I have it, and this is in full, he said. Full. I have it Henry, Najee, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift, and then Alvin Kamara.
0: I agree with that. Although I'm interested, I don't know. I think, because I Derek Henry, in full, like Derek Henry will still get you the yards, he just won't get you the PPR upside, as we well know. So I guess that doesn't really affect how you see Najee Harris and Dalvin Cook because I mean Najee Harris doesn't really do a lot out of the backfield either. So, like they're kind of similar ga- similar games, but I was just wondering if that made you give you some pause, I guess. To think, oh, maybe I should have Dalvin Cook a little bit higher just because of PPR. Well, Najee had 74
1: receptions last year. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Derrick Henry. Derrick. He'll have double the receptions that that Derrick Henry will have. That that's a, that's a guarantee, um, pending you know any level any level of health. Um, but the touchdowns are, are just what, what it will probably end up separating Najee and and Derrick Henry. Because you you probably are going to need Najee to – he's definitely going to have to have a bump on the seven uh, rushing touchdowns that he had a year ago. So you probably – you know if you're taking him fifth, sixth, seventh overall, you're probably going to want to hope that he's going to be able to build on that, get you maybe nine or ten rushing touchdowns. And maybe he gets you two or three receiving, puts you close to that 13 to 15 total touchdown mark. And then maybe you're talking a bump on total yardage. Maybe you're talking he gets to 17, 1,800 yards total. And then you're talking, you're talking about a real, a real moneymaker there. But I kind of I kind of feel like when looking at Henry, when looking at Najee, even in a in a way looking at Dalvin, I feel like they're in very similar positions. Where their offenses have so many questions that it's a scary proposition trying to figure out which is the safest one out of those three. And even looking at, well, Mixon's offense is very safe. You know what's coming there. DeAndre Swift, I mean, you, you have questions there for sure. Alvin Kamara, you definitely have questions there, you know, for sure. So it's just like, you know, which offense is probably the safest to invest in? Versus opportunity, I don't know the answer to that. It probably still it probably still is Derrick Henry because you know they want to run the ball, but it's not as surefire as it was
0: 12 months ago. Well, I think that you're. Well, I was gonna kind of gonna say the same thing as you were. I think it is Derrick Henry, who, it's like either Derrick Henry or Joe Mixon, we have the most certainty of their offenses and how they're going to be utilized and even Nashi to an extent where you know that the Titans are going to, they've always wanted to run the ball, whether it's Ryan Tannehill or um, Malik Willis, whoever it's going to be a quarterback for them, they're going to want to run the football and Joe Mixon you it's more of the same. Not, not much has changed in the Bengals offense with how that's going to be run. The only the questions here for Cook and Camara. Uh, well, Cook and Camara and Swift. I mean, Cook it's you know head coach offensive system. Camara it's suspension and new quarterback, new coach, new offensive system, and Swift. It's inconsistency and injuries, and maybe even a little bit of offensive system. Now that the Lions have some good wide receivers there, so I think that as far as if you're just looking at offenses, Mixon and Henry are pretty safe.
1: And and again, I think it also you know it's like I said before, it's opportunity. Out of all the guys that were listed on that list, there's only one guy that that's going to be guaranteed over 300 carries. That's Derrick Henry. Yep. Pending health, of course, but that's an easy 300-plus carry back. And, you know what we say, what's the best thing you can find in fantasy football? Volume.
0: Yep, the best ability is availability, as we like to say. Yes,
1: yes. And listen, I mean, a guy, you could have Derrick Henry, you know, he gets the ball 30 times. He's probably, on a bad day, he's probably getting 80 yards and a touchdown on a really bad day for Derrick Henry but he's getting the ball 30 times versus, you know, Najee. There could be certain games for Najee where he gets the ball 15, 20 times. And, you know, he better make, he better make most of those 15, 20 touches that, that, that he gets. Versus Derrick Henry. I mean, he gets the ball 30 times. Odds are Derrick Henry's doing something with 30 touches.
0: Yeah. And when when he's averaging 10 to 15 touch difference is humongous. Yeah, I mean, and when he's averaging close to five yards a carry and you're getting 300 carries, that's going to make for a lot of yardage. And we saw it in 2020 where he had almost 400, if you want to round up. And he, had, what did he
1: What did he have in 2020 again? Was
0: it 376?
1: Wow, that was very close. It was 378. Ah, 378. I looked it up earlier. I looked it up earlier and I wasn't sure. Shit. I was close.
0: 378. Averaging 5.4 yards per carry. Okay. 2,027 yards, all career highs, and 17 touchdowns, also a career high.
1: Also on a team, though, that was good. 2020 yeah. Titan's team was was the number one seed in DAC. That is also true.
0: And so, this is well, I think with a rebuilding team, the right you still want to run the football. And I think the real thing that hurts him is that when the Titans are inevitably down in games is that they're not going to be throwing the ball to him.
1: Right. Right. That's also part of the problem is with Derek Henry. Do, do, do you just bank and hope that he's going to win you four weeks when he's taking on the Jaguars twice and the Texans twice? And then maybe he sprinkles in, you know, typical Derrick Henry a couple other times throughout the way. Because we, we all know how it is with fantasy football. You, you, you're targeting the guys who are going get to get you your touchdowns. And if you're asking me, out of all of these running backs, right, all these running backs, pending health, who is the one guy, life or death, I need to score a touchdown for me on any given week, I'm taking Derrick Henry.
0: I agree. Over all of them. Over all. And, you know, we saw that in 20 where he averaged touchdown a game. Yeah. Literally. Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah. But I, mean, I was just wondering, like, doing kind of a thought exercise, like your thought process on why you put why you still put Derrick Henry up there in full, even though the receiving upside isn't there for him. It's the volume. It's yeah. It's
1: the volume. It, it, yep. It's, you know, it's putting – Derrick Henry, Najee Harris, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, DeAndre Swift. Those are like the running backs that are in that tier, Kamara's, in the tier below for me, so I won't include him in in this discussion. Um, But it's really just putting in the numbers. And even with the limited PPR upside Derrick Henry has, I still have Derrick Henry outproducing all of them, pending health. If you're telling me the 300, I have him down for, I think, 380. 380 carries, something like that, which would be a career high for him.
0: Yeah, that would be, that's crazy.
1: Yeah, it would, it would be a career high for him. But, you know, those are what the projections come out to. And there's a lot more, there are a lot more offensive plays and offensive, I guess, what's the word I'm looking for? There's more production in that offense now to go around now that A.J. Brown is no longer there. And where do you think the majority of those attempts that maybe once A.J. Brown are going to now? They're probably odds are going to go to Derek Henry.
0: Yeah, they're probably not gonna. I mean, I don't think they're gonna just be like, okay, we drafted Traylon Burks, and he's gonna be in the exact same role with the exact same production as AJ Brown. Like, no, absolutely that's not, gonna, not. That's not. Nobody's gonna expect that to happen.
1: No, absolutely not. And you still have Robert Woods there, um, and Robert Woods will be. I think he'll be he'll be consistent. I actually think that Robert Woods is being slept on a little bit too much um, in uh, in this early process that we're in. I think a lot of people are just down on Tennessee as a whole. Um, I think Robert Woods could actually provide some pretty significant good value uh, if you were to take him in, uh, in full point. But yeah, I mean.
0: Well, I think the thing with Robert Woods is that he's coming, he's an older player coming off of a significant knee injury, tearing his ACL, and the offense is not good at Tennessee. Yeah. Outside yeah. of Derek Henry.
1: And there's always the threat of potentially Malik Willis coming in and taking over at some point during the season. And then if that happens, what does the offense look like? So, yeah, very, very,
0: very fair and very valid point. Honestly, Malik Willis coming in will probably be the best thing for Derek Henry, because I think they're going to want to establish the run more with a a younger quarterback. Whereas that may be my early 2010s way of thinking.
1: I agree with you, but Malik Willis also can use his legs, too. So I think there would be a lot more designed runs that are there from Malik Willis that maybe don't go to Derrick Henry. So I I do agree. I do agree with they will want to run the ball, but I think Malik Willis will have opportunities to take some away from Derrick Henry, which may not help him. But I I, I see, I see the thought process. It's, it's not a bad argument.
0: Yeah. Well, anyway, we spent a lot of time on this question. We still have, one through not or one through eleven, just not two.
1: Uh let's go with Robin Van Persie, number ten.
0: Number ten, Sergio Aguero, actually, number ten. Ugh, disgusting. Number ten comes from Josh. Where's Josh from? Pensacola, Florida. Very specific. Oh, you're gonna say Denver, Colorado, or St. Louis, Missouri. Or Buffalo, New York. Well, I was thinking Josh Kroenke, but yeah. Oh,
1: Josh. Hi, Josh. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Say hi to Papa Stan for me.
0: Uh, so Josh. Josh needs to keep three: Patrick Mahomes, Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, Cam Akers, George Kittle, AJ Brown. Holy shit. Say those names I, again. Uh, Patrick Mahomes. Uh-huh. Justin. Justin Jefferson. Yep. Najee Harris. Okay. Cam Akers. Oh, Cam. George okay. Kittle. And AJ Brown. Holy shit. Okay. I know.
1: I'm assuming there's no penalty. There's no like you don't have to give up a pick. Um, all right, so Mahomes a, is out.
0: What a crazy starting lineup.
1: It was like a sixteen keeper league. I know. What is a four team fantasy league? I'm impressed. Mahomes is out. Kittle is out. AJ Brown is out. For me, it's Justin Jefferson, Najee Harris, and Cam Akers.
0: Honestly, I kind of like that because you because quarterback is a deep position. Mm-hmm. Running backs are at a premium. It just makes all the sense in the world. Yep.
1: I think you're starting your team with Justin Jefferson, who could end up being the wide receiver one, Najee Harris, who is RB1 potential, and then Cam Akers, who has R- top five RB potential. You're starting your team with that before you make a pick in round one. Yeah, that's that's terrific.
0: Yeah, and honestly, I feel like even if we didn't – because we don't know what format this league is, like scoring format, regardless of what it is, I would still be like, yeah, you're keeping these three guys because just because like I said, the scarcity of running backs. And then at that point, because like, and you can kind of resign yourself to being like, well, I'll take like Dalton Schultz late and then that'll be my tight end or somebody in that range. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, really the question is, do do I want Justin Jefferson or AJ Brown? And you're taking Justin Jefferson, 10
1: out of 10 times. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. The way, the way that I also, I also look at this too, honestly, is. uh, The way that you can do it. And I know some people who do do this is, you know, if you're in a big keeper league like this and you have, you know, X amount of guys to choose from where you don't have a penalty for guys that you keep and it's just, you know, you pick X amount and it doesn't cost you a pick Um go either put together your overall ranks or look at somebody else's that you trust and just kind of see where they all line up in everybody's ranks. And that's kind of how I decided this. Justin Jefferson is my, did did he give a scoring um, at all or no? No, I had a whole
0: thing about that. Okay. Where like, regardless of the scoring, I still would pick those three guys. So Justin Jefferson, I have as my ninth overall player.
1: Cam Akers, I have as my 23rd overall player. Najee Harris, I have my fifth overall player. George Kittle, I have A.J. Brown, I have as my 29th overall player. Patrick Mahomes, my 46th overall player. And then George Kittle, if I can find him as my 49th overall player. So I'm just taking the top three guys that I have in my in my ranks. I think they're also the best the best of the, of the bunch where you, you're you not going to be able to replace a Justin Jefferson, a Najee Harris or, or a Cam Akers. You can replace George Kittle and you can replace Patrick Mahomes. I promise you that.
0: Yep. Absolutely. All right. So anything but two or ten. Uh, let's go with... Uh, let's go with Eduardo. Number nine. Number nine. Oh, I can't say who Man City's number nine is because he plays for Arsenal now. Did
1: you see his debut? Oh, my God. What a player. A center forward for Arsenal that makes forward runs. It's incredible. I never thought I'd live to see the day.
0: Anyway, number nine is from Colin. Where's Colin from? West Newberry, Massachusetts. Okay. Colin asks, thoughts on – wow, is he trying to troll us? First of all, I read this question. Okay. Thoughts. On T. Higgins being better than Jamar Chase this year. Woo! Oh wow! Um. I mean, is that a take that he's giving? Is that
1: T. Higgins? Is he saying that T. Higgins is going to be better than Jamar Chase? Listen, this is a question.
0: I don't. He is he? I don't know what is it? did he hear it somewhere, and he's like, I wonder what the guys think. Because I don't really see it. Jamar Chase just always has that big play potential where you're going to want to have him in your lineup. Oh, I don't see it
1: either, but can it happen? Yes. It can.
0: I, mean, I don't not, think it's going to. We're not as down on T. Higgins as we were last year. And even then, we were more down on where he was being picked as opposed to T. Higgins, the player. Well, I'll give it to you this way, okay?
1: I would rather take the chance on T. Higgins at 37th overall where I have him in my ranks versus Jamar Chase at 12 where I have him in my ranks. I think there's an argument to be made that T. Higgins at 37 is better value than Jamar Chase at 12, Even if you knock Jamar Chase down a couple pegs, Jamar Chase at 15. I think T. Higgins is still
0: a better value. I can see that. And I mean, it's true. Like, because not only because like you're basically like buying low on T. Higgins in that sense, where you're getting him at a value compared to Jamar Chase. And if T. Higgins ends up having, you know, building on the great year that he had last year, breaking out even further, then you know you're in a good position there, where you're not drafting for ceiling, you're drafting for floor at that point. See, I would, I, I, do I agree with that or do I disagree with that?
1: I'm kind of in the, I'm kind of in the middle because I, I kind of think that you're drafting for ceiling with both because you're, you're investing in an offense that just has an incredibly high ceiling in, in, in Cincinnati. Like I think that's going to be the offense this year that every single fantasy player is going to want a piece of is Cincinnati with, I mean, we're seeing it already. Joe Mixon is being, is a top 15 pick. Jamar chase the top 15 pick Joe Burrow is being taken as the QB four right now, which is laughable to me. And T Higgins is a top, I wouldn't be, I mean, he's a top 40 pick in my ranks. I wouldn't be shocked when we get the draft day, if he's a top 30 pick, It really wouldn't surprise me. Cincinnati is the offense that everybody wants to be a part of. So you're kind of battling everybody else in your leagues when you're targeting a Cincinnati Bengal. That's just just the way that that, that it's going to be. So I don't know if there is really a floor versus ceiling argument with Chase and Higgins. I think they're pretty much one and the same. And I'm calling for Chase statistical regression. Like, I am – I don't want to say I'm out on Chase, but I'm out on Chase.
0: Do you know what I'm saying? Well, I think that this is kind of like – I mean, this is like my first year of fantasy, like serious fantasy. Because, you know, when I played – when I was in summer camp, I didn't take it as seriously as I do now. But uh, 2017, where everybody was drafting Falcons guys.
1: You scared the shit out of me. I thought you were saying it, that this upcoming year was the first year that you were taking fantasy
0: seriously. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's not what I meant. No, it it just it just came out that way. I was like, "What the fuck is he saying?" <laughs> just to clarify, I didn't take summer camp fantasy as seriously yes, yes. as so I take. took Aaron Rod- Aaron Rodgers, number one overall. Yes. No, I took him fourth overall. Fourth, fourth overall. Yes, I forgot. My apologies. Thank you because I wanted to make my team name a certain name. Of course, Mr. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. Anyway, besides the point. So 2017, um, a lot of people were picking Falcons players because of what happened. And, you know, it didn't really dawn on me until we started talking and I'm thinking about it. I don't think this is necessarily gonna happen, but I might be getting a little bit of 2017 Falcons vibes. From this team, even though they have the same coaching staff, which is really what did the 2017 Falcons in is that Kyle Shanahan left to be the head coach of the 49ers. And that's why the offense was underwhelming. But, you know, this might just end up being like a one year of people playing out of their minds. And now everybody goes back to being average.
1: Who knows? I disagree. I think there's a lot more potential with this offense. I think this is, you know, the difference between that Falcons team and this Bengals team is that you still have T Higgins, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, even Joe Mixon, that they haven't even hit their primes yet versus that Falcons team where you had Matt Ryan, who was in his prime, if not coming out of it, Julio was still, was coming out of his prime very much. So you had Calvin Ridley there. uh, Sure. But Devontae Freeman was coming out of his prime. So, Wait a minute. No, no, they didn't. Calvin Ridley was not on that team. No, it was the 2017 team.
0: My, my apologies. Julio. Julio was. Calvin Ridley yeah. wasn't. Yeah, Julio was. Julio was. Was Ronnie White on that team on the 2016 Falcons? He might have been. Or... It was a Super Bowl team. Yeah, he was. Yeah. Yeah, he was. Devonta Freeman was yeah. like. Whatever it is, very short window of his mm-hmm. prime. Yeah. Same with Tevin Coleman.
1: Yeah, Tevin Coleman. But I mean, you you get the point where it was a lot of guys that were just coming out of their prime, you know, if not, you know, not really good players. But I, I really shouldn't say really good players because, you know, Devontae Freeman was, you know, top 20 pick in fantasy. Julio was Julio. Prime Julio is one of the best receivers I've ever seen in my life. And Matt Ryan was a, if not very underrated quarterback. Um, but a lot of people are going to say that the Cincinnati Bengals team hasn't even hit their peak. And that's what people are investing in. They're investing in that hype. And that's the kind of targets that I personally like to stay away from just because I don't want to get into a bidding war with anybody over, over players where there are like, if not better options out there. Like I think, you know, with Jamar Chase, the, the guy that everyone's going to compare Jamar Chase to, you know, just based on where he's being drafted, is Stefan Diggs. I think Stefan Diggs is going to be better than Jamar Chase. I, I want to put that out there. I think Diggs is going to be better than Chase. So I will be gunning for Stephon Diggs over Chase 99 times out of 100. Now, is there a spot maybe if I get Diggs that I will maybe chase Chase for Chase? See right there. That was nice. That was really clever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I probably will. I probably will in, in a certain spot. Um, but overall, I would rather have Digs over over Jamar Chase. I would ra- much, much rather have – I could just – I can't list them. Tom Brady, Dak Prescott, uh, Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert. Did I say Kyler? Maybe I didn't say Kyler. I, no. Kyler, Matthew Stafford, Aaron Rodgers. I would take all of them over Joe Burrow based on where uh, Burrow's being drafted right now. Hell, I would take Jameis Winston over Joe Burrow where uh, they're being drafted right now.
0: If By I'm the being way, really Rod, honest. Just to correct what I was thinking, Roddy White was not on that team. Ridley was. No, Ridley wasn't either. Okay, so they, they he, both were gone. You want to hear this all star wide receiver room? Sure. Nick Williams. Eric Weems, Muhammad Sanu, Aldrich Robinson.
1: That's who I was thinking of.
0: Uh, Aldrich Robinson, Julio Jones, Justin Hardy, and perennially underrated player Taylor Gabriel. Taylor
1: Gabriel, that's a name I haven't heard in a while. The
0: deepest sleeper of them all is the Curtis Samuel. For Curtis Samuel was cool. Yeah, just wait until Taylor Gabriel breaks out. Wait until Taylor Gabriel and Curtis Samuel break out on, on Adam's bench. Yep. Wait. Just you wait until Taylor Gabriel, Curtis Samuel, and Mattel Bochter, Bodker all break out. Just wait until they hit their potential.
1: Yep. I'm waiting.
0: Yep. Also, Nail no, yeah. Just, you know, just wait. Just just you wait. Yep. Dale Lewis, too.
1: Brandon Prost. Dino Dylan McElrath.
0: Oh, Dylan McIlrath, Just you wait until he breaks out. Oh, can't wait. I'm looking he's, forward to it. He, he's Ryan McDonough 2.0, that kid. That kid. Literally. Oh, duh.
1: I, I hate looking back on that draft. It brings back bad memories.
0: Not as bad as when I heard people talking about the two, 2003 draft because next year's draft might be in Nashville. So the 2003 draft was in Nashville. And as a Rangers fan, I don't want to talk about the 2003 draft. Mm-mm. Nope. Nope. I'm good. Yep. I'm good. All I'm saying is Dustin Brown would have been nice. Dustin Brown would have been very nice. Just look it up.
1: Yep. Yep. There's a name that I want to say, but I'm not going to say said name just because it brings back just too much trauma.
0: Also, don't look at Claude Giroux's draft either. Nope. Because that was – also not great. Nope, 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 nope,
1: Moving on, swiftly.
0: Yep. Uh, or okay. the war paints come in. All right, so 1 through 11, except for 2, 9, and 10. Uh, let's go with number 7, Bugayosaka. Ooh, this is a kind of a more in-depth one. Okay. So first of all, number seven comes from Andrew. Where is Andrew from? Um, in New York. All right. Andrew asks, who do you guys think will finish as the number ones at each position at the end of the year? Whoa, okay. Yeah.
1: Um. All right. So I think we keep these uh, pretty brief. I don't want to give – I mean, you don't want to give analysis for this, do you? Not really. Okay, good. So we can I just mean, go if anything quarter- jumps off the page. Yeah, so we can go quarterback, running back, receiver, tight end. Okay. And this is just this is just genuine opinion who we think is gonna finish number one.
0: Yeah, so Zach Wilson.
1: QB1. I, me I mean, throwing bombs and banging bombs, Zach Wilson. That's a new chat.
0: I mean, hey. <laughs> I tip my cap to you, soldier. <laughs> that was a weird. It was a weird weekend.
1: Oh my god! I the memes were just glorious. Twitter, Twitter was a
0: great place yesterday. Oh god! Why does this always happen to the Jets? Anyway, Twitter was awesome. <laughs> who is your who is your QB one? Uh
1: my QB one is going to be Lamar Jackson.
0: Interesting. My QB one is Josh Allen. Not a bad pick. Who's your RB one? Austin Eckler. Okay. Well, so oh, no, we you, we have to we have to uh, stress. I'm doing this in full. Okay, that's why I was going to say because uh, Andrew didn't specify. Okay, I'm so, doing. I'm saying we'll just do this in full. Okay, Austin Eckler else. RB1 in full. I just don't think he stays healthy for a full 16 or 17 games. Okay. But uh, I think that Derek Henry is, is a safe option as RB1. If he asked me in half and non, I, I would say,
1: I would probably say Henry. But in full, I'll, I'll take Eckler.
0: Yeah. Probably even in half and non, I would take Henry. Okay. That's fair. All right. Receiver? Stephon Diggs. Oh, there's a question about that. Just you wait. Oh, boy. Uh, very close. Very, very close to saying Justin Jefferson as well. Uh, Justin Jefferson would be a great pick. I think, honestly, I kind of lo- like Justin Jefferson. I think it's Justin Jefferson for me. It's not a bad pick. Even though I picked Josh Allen be QB1. But it's going to be, re- it'll be close. It'll be really mm-hmm. close. Not a bad pick. Tight end one. Saying on three. Not <laughs> to be the same answer. Oh. Well, I think you're I don't know. I can't gauge. Is it Mark Andrews? No. Oh, it is Travis Kelsey, but no, it's Cole Command. It's come on. No, it's it's, it. it's Travis Kelsey. Okay. Travis Kelsey. I thought you're gonna be like, it's Kyle Pitts. I'm like, what the fuck is the matter with you? In my heart, I want it to be Cole Klement. Yeah, my, my tight end one is Zach Ertz. No, I'm just kidding.
1: It's Travis Kelsey. It's gonna be it's gonna be close between Kelsey and, and Andrews, but don't sleep, don't sleep on Pitts. If Pitts can get the, the touchdown numbers up to he can get six or seven touchdowns with the amount of receptions that, that he that he'll get, he'll be in the running. He'll be in the running. I don't know if he'll he'll really like super super challenge. But I think, you know, outside of Kelsey and Andrews, he probably is going to be the, the clear three. But then there's also someone's going to come out of nowhere to be top five, like we saw with Dalton Schultz. So, you know, you have Cameron Bray, you have Cole Komet, uh, you have David Njoku, you have Irv Smith, Pat Fryermuth. Someone's going to come out of obscurity to be a top five tight end just because of how just generally dog shit the, the tight end position is.
0: Yeah, and honestly, this year we're not even seeing like the gap between the top tight ends and um, the people who are chasing them, like the top, like the top two in the top five. It's not as fast as it was in past years. Yeah, it, it it is literally the top
1: two in a tier of their own. Then it's Pitts, Kittle, Schultz, Waller, and then it's everybody else.
0: Yeah, but like. It's not like it's Travis Kelsey and then literally nobody can catch him. Mm-hmm. Where like you could make a case for just about everybody in the top five to be a to finish as tight end one. You could there's a case to be made. Yes. There's a case. But will they probably not? But it's gonna take a
1: lot to beat to beat Kelsey. It's gonna take
0: a whole lot. Yep. All right. Sorry, the Mets just scored two runs. Nice. You love to see it. Nice. Okay. Uh, okay. So, one through 11, except for... 2, two 10, seven. 9, and 7. Yes. Uh, let's go for... Let's go with per number four.
1: Also, Seth Fabregas and Ben White.
0: Man, it's like you saw these questions beforehand, even though you don't remember them. This question is from James, first of all. Where is James from? Topeka, Kansas. Okay. James asks, why is it ridiculous to have Stephon Diggs as the wide receiver one? Bird. James, we're on the same page. It's not
1: ridiculous. It's not ridiculous at all. I mean, Stephon Diggs, two years ago, was winning
0: people championships. Holy shit. Wait. First of all, we have some breaking news. The Maple Leafs acquired a Stanley Cup champion goalie. Oh, Matt Murray. Yes. Wow. Wow. I mean the Matt
1: the Matt Birdsall, uh, argument is that because he won a Stanley Cup, if you win a Stanley Cup, that mean, that means you're you know immortalized. So Matt Murray is is therefore better than Henrik Lundqvist and Igor Shostakin.
0: Two times over, because he's won
1: two Stanley Cups. Correct. Correct. Exactly. Um, well. Good for Toronto. Bye, bye, yeah. Jack Campbell. Yeah,
0: where is Jack Campbell going to go? Edmonton is calling. I wouldn't say Colorado, but they traded for Alexander York.
1: Chris Drury working his fucking magic, getting getting three picks. Um, back to back to the uh, back to the question: So why well, Digs can be the wide receiver one? He he can be is a double-digit touchdown threat. You put him in an offense, as a pass-first offense, as as we know in, in Buffalo, he probably is going to be a 100-catch guy. I mean, a year ago, he was 103, I believe. So if you get him a little uptick on that, say he gets 107, 108 catches, you're probably talking close to 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean that's that, that's putting himself very firmly in the conversation to be the wide receiver one, and that's that could even be the floor of what he's capable of. Because I mean we we've seen Stephon Diggs just can be be a complete complete monster. Um, you know, thirteen hundred yards, that could be low for him. I mean, two years ago he was what fifteen hundred plus, I believe.
0: Yep, so, fifteen thirty five, eight touchdowns, one hundred twenty seven catches. Yeah. And the crazy thing is he played one less game than what he played right. last year. Right. So
1: he can do it. He can absolutely do it, but there's stiff competition. There is. You have Cooper cup. Who's still going to be there. Uh, Jamar chase and Devonte Adams. And of course, Justin Jefferson, I, I honestly, I think the stiffest competition he's going to cut is going to uh, be there for Diggs is Jefferson.
0: Yeah, I think so too. Just with the offense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and we don't know. It's hard for me to vouch for Cooper Cup just because I don't really know what regression looks like with him. You know.
0: Yeah. Like is that and is that a crazy thing to say? I mean, maybe regression for him looks like twenty eighteen, Cooper Cup. Where like I just don't think like like we said we like we don't see a situation where he's going to be doing what he did last year, where he had almost two thousand yards. And over 15 touchdowns, his 2018 season or his 2019 season. I'm sorry. 2018 was the year that he was in there, a lot. Yeah. Uh, 2019 where he had. Uh, 1,161 yards, 94 catches, 10 touchdowns. I mean, is that reasonable? I guess you could reasonably expect that for, for Cooper cup. I would say he definitely
1: still has a hundred catches. I, I think that's pretty safe. And, and, and you know what? I, I, I don't want to sound like I'm a Debbie Downer on Cup because I'm not. I think any any wide receiver that's going to log 100 catches is going to be very safe week to week, especially in full point. So Cup is going to be safe. Cup is going to be fine. But anybody who's expecting 120, 130 catches again, I'm sorry. You're, 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 you you're need to be drug tested. Like You, you can't expect that. You could say it's it's a possibility. Of course it is. It, it's absolutely a possibility. But realistic? no, absolutely not.
0: I mean, his target share was like the level that you would expect when you're playing Madden and you're trying to raise somebody's rating as fast as possible. He had almost 200 targets yep. last year mm-hmm. and 145 catches. I mean, that's absurd. That's well, literally video game numbers we'll put it this put it this
1: way for for all the uh, for all the people at home matthew stafford dropped back 601 times last year so
0: we'll, we'll say 600 right oh my god almost a third of those targets we'll round up went, went to cooper cup 34%
1: give or take i know it's 33.3 don't shoot me 34% of the targets that went from the, came from the L.A. Rams passing game went to Cooper Cup last year, 34% target share. That is not happening yet. That is an unsustainable
0: number. Well, technically, you should be rounded out because it's 33.3. So it's 33% of the targets. Sure. Sure. Anyway, thanks. Still, thanks, Mathwiz. Yeah. St- still. Dick. A third – it's still a third, though. I mean, that's – 33% is 33%, but a third is more impactful when you look at it. But it's the same number. Third, a third of the targets went to Cooper Cup. That's crazy. And it's probably even more because how many of those passes were just throwaways where you're throwing the ball out of bounds? Or something along those lines. So sure. it could it could even be like a little bit more than 33.3 repeating. Sure. So, yeah, we're not expecting that.
1: No, I, no, you no. can't. You,
0: you, you can't. Oh, yeah, that's the new floor. Cooper Cup is going to have like 160 catches on 215 targets for 2,200 yards and 20 touchdowns. Adam, we were podcasting on Michael Thomas, did
1: it? And look what happened after that. And I was I, I was the one that I was the one that was going on record saying I was gonna take Michael Thomas at four. And I did, and it fucked me.
0: So it's a lesson learned for everybody. Well, granted, so you didn't do what I just said because I just named some like ridiculous wide receiver stats that oh, No, 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 no. Michael
1: Thomas went in the opposite direction. Michael Thomas flat out sucked after
0: having the year that he had. Right. And that's something that you also to kind of expect with right. Cooper Cup, right? Is that he could kind of he could suck, and this could be that could be literally his peak.
1: Is it in the realm of possibility? Sure, but do I really expect it? No, I don't. I think Cooper Cup is going to be fine, but wide receiver one fine where he's coming down with close to 150 catches on close to 200 targets? Absolutely not.
0: Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So moving on to uh, the numbers that I've been taking are two, four, seven, nine, ten. Let's go
1: with my um, my future captain, number eight, Martin Odegaard.
0: Ooh, this is a fun one. Number eight is from Ken. Where is Ken from? Knoxville, Tennessee. Ken asks. Do you have any draft superstitions? Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. absolutely. 100%. What are yours?
1: Um I have to sit at a desk by myself. I have to physically pull out a desk. Not like a, you know like a legit desk, but like a foldable table or whatever. I have to be sitting at the table by myself with my computer charger plugged in on my left hand side, so that way I can go like this, plug it in. So that way, the right hand side is free to go walk up to a draft board or walk up to a bathroom or whatever. And I have to be in a suit. Have to be.
0: I do remember that because when we did the live draft show, which nobody of nobody actually saw the video of.
1: Well, yeah, we saw the sadly. video of
0: us sharing our screen, but not us in person but uh yeah you were wearing a suit yep and i will do it again mine's a little bit more tame i guess i kind of like i like to just have like and this is with all fantasy sports that i've done which granted is only two because i've only done football and baseball i want to have at least one player of a team that i root for on my team that's very tame no matter the cost. I think a lot of people will say that. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of, I'm not like super specific with that sort of thing. But, um, yeah, that's kind of my draft superstition.
1: I know a lot of people have, 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 you know, funky ones. A lot of people have to have certain drinks. A lot of people have to, um, you know, have like a binder done the right way or, have their spreadsheet done a right way. I'll do their own their own little superstitions. It's it, it's fun. You you gotta you gotta have fun with it. But at the same time, if you win a championship doing it a certain way, if it ain't broke, don't fix it.
0: Then you have to do it that same way for the rest of your life.
1: Yeah, or until you fucking lose, then you then you search for something else.
0: Yep, that's how it works. Hmm. All right. So we have two, four. Seven two four seven eight nine ten. Let's go for let's go for Yun's Lehman. Number one, number one is from Derek. Where's Derek from? Uh, let's go with Austin, Texas. Are you gonna say Las Vegas, Nevada, or Fresno, California? Horns down. <laughs> Derek asks, this is very current. Derek asks, how does Baker Mayfield in Carolina impact DJ Moore in your rankings?
1: We did not talk about that. Thank you, Derek. Did not talk about that at all. Um, well, it obviously helps DJ Moore a whole hell of a lot, being you know, quite honest. Um, I do want to see, Adam, could you do me a favor? Sure. Could you pull up uh, on the consensus where the consensus has
0: DJ Moore? Do you want at in full, please? Okay, positionally or overall? up uh, positionally. Positionally, I did. I did, inv- I did move him. I'm
1: curious to see where the consensus is on him. Positionally in full, he is at sixteen. Sixteen. Okay, I moved him. Up, I moved him up to twelve. Really? Well, maybe yeah. they haven't caught up yet. Yeah, I moved. I moved him up to twelve. Um, and I am mm, I'm not gonna do it. I was gonna say I'm tempted to move him up some more, but I'm gonna I'm gonna refrain. I'm gonna refrain. I'll I'll hold back. I'll have him I'll have him be one spot in front of Michael Pittman, two spots ahead of T Higgins, two spots below Debo Samuel, and one spot below AJ Brown. Okay,
0: so I'm going to I will add an addendum to this question if you, sure. if you will allow me. Sure. I'll so up. the addendum for this question comes from Adam. Adam is from Provo, Utah. Or he's from New York. Yeah, who lives in Provo, Utah. Anyway, the addendum is how does Baker Mayfield being in Carolina affect Christian McCaffrey and how does Christian McCaffrey affect Baker Mayfield? Oh, so now, if we just
1: turn this to a Christian McCaffrey question, I you know what? I think it doesn't really matter. I think it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. I think the offense is going to th- is going to flow uh, da, 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 is going to flow through Christian McCaffrey regardless of who the quarterback is. I think Baker Mayfield's job is to be very simple. You can push the ball downfield, you get it to DJ Moore. If you're going to do checkdowns, you get it to Christian McCaffrey. That's it. So, as far as like any change for McCaffrey, it doesn't really change anything uh, for me now if Baker Mayfield can come in and be and be adequate that's great news for McCaffrey it's great great news for DJ Moore it's great news for Robbie Anderson but we all know what the quarterback curse in Carolina is that's where good quarterbacks go to die so there's no guarantee that Baker Mayfield is going to be adequate
0: It's true. So I mean they haven't had a good quarterback since Cam Newton won his MVP. Right, right. But you know, there is a history of pass catching running backs having
1: success with Baker. You look at Dearness Johnson, you look at Kareem Hunt. Those are the two shining examples, especially Kareem Hunt. That Kareem Hunt was a pass-catching beast. And he he became he had standalone value on his own, even as a Handcuff in in air quotes to Nick Chubb. You could start him on a weekly basis in full point PPR with a healthy Baker Mayfield. Now he's got Christian McCaffrey, and you know, no offense to Kareem Hunt, but Christian McCaffrey, if healthy, is Kareem Hunt on a crack. So, I think Christian McCaffrey. You know, like I said before, all you got to do is get the ball and keep him healthy. That's it. You do you do those two things, Christian McCaffrey is going to be great. So, to answer your question, Adam, I don't think that – I don't think it hurts McCaffrey in any way. I think it it can only help him if certain criteria are met, the one being, of course,
0: he stays on the fucking field. Well, what about the other part of the question, which is what does this mean for Baker Mayfield? How much is Baker Mayfield increasing your rankings (sighs) as a result? Because Fantasy Pros I don't think has updated the rankings yet because – He's at twenty nine, right below a piece of shit, who we don't even know if he's going to be suspended yet. That's the Sean how, Watson.
1: How, yes, so Sean Watson. I assume. Yeah, I moved to Sean Watson down as well. I moved him down. I moved him down to twenty eight. Um, I have Baker Mayfield at twenty four, so he's he'll be viable in in two, in two quarterback leagues. Um, you could draft him someone with upside um but you know honestly he's just gonna be in like that group of guys that probably if you're playing in one quarterback leagues 10 12 team leagues he'll probably be on your waivers for the most part um 14 and deeper he'll be on your bench as like a second quarterback which which is fine which is fine because you look at the you look at the the, the teams that are in that division he's going to go up against atlanta and atlanta's Defense is definitely suspect. So there are two matchups right there. Um, Then you have New Orleans, who their defense is pretty good. And you have Tampa, who, you know, if if you're projecting that that Carolina get killed by Tampa twice, then I guess it's good for Baker Mayfield because he'll be throwing the ball a shit ton. So I guess that's good. But you just better hope he's not the reason why they're getting absolutely just messed up.
0: Yeah, well, I think that what you need to do is draft Baker Mayfield just for his week one matchup. You know who he's playing in week one? I know he plays so, the Giants week two at home or at, at uh, the Meadowlands. It's all over the news after this trade went out. Is he it Cleveland? Plays, it is Cleveland. <laughs> oh, I love it. Unfortunately, it's at home, so he doesn't get to go to Cleveland. But, um, yeah. Cleveland is his week one matchup. Oh, my God. a revenge game right off the rip. My God, he might be my start of the week. Yeah, so he has a couple of good matchups here against Cleveland, the Giants, two matchups against Atlanta. We talked about uh, going up against a bad Seattle team, and he is uh, home against Detroit in fantasy semifinals. He may be worth the stash
1: just to kind of see how the first two weeks go. I don't really know if I would start him against Cleveland, but against the Giants, if you're in a pinch, maybe, maybe.
0: Yeah. But week 17, he is in Tampa. So it's not great. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So
1: have a quarterback then that can, uh, that could do the business week 17. Don't rely on Baker. Yeah, do not rely on the muffin man. Do you know the muffin man? The muffin man. The muffin man. Do you know the muffin man who now plays in Bank of America Stadium?
0: Good, that's
1: nice. Thank you, I appreciate
0: that. All right, so the questions I've been answered are one, two, four, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's go with Conor McGregor's favorite left back. Favorite footballer in the world. Number three. Kieran Tierney. Number three comes from Sean. Where is yeah. Sean from? Uh, Vail, Colorado. Sean asks, or Sean asks, who is the player that could be a bust that isn't, talk- that isn't being talked about enough as a potential bust? Oh, that's a great question. I know. We have very intelligent listeners,
1: for sure. That's a fa- that's a fantastic question. I-, I actually haven't really thought of that. The player that could be a bust that no one is talking about as a bust.
0: I I, I have one. D- do you um you go first? I'm gonna th- I'm still thinking a bit. Tyreek Hill. That's a good, it's a good shout. I was thinking that Hill. too.
1: Yeah, I don't know if people are really talking about Hill being necessarily a plus, Maybe people are. But I don't hear enough of it. And he's going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Tyreek, and I'll give one more just for fun. This is gonna pain me to say this one. It really, really is. See like, you, Lamb. No. No, even worse, this pains my heart to say, because we all know he's a favorite of mine. I love him. But Devontae Adams. I was thinking that, too, but the, the chemistry. The same was, milk going from Aaron Rodgers to, I'm sorry, Adam, to Derek Carr. Like, Derek Carr is no Aaron Rodgers. Listen, that's not, that's not as steep of a drop off as you think. I mean, I know Derek Carr is the apple of your eye. I I, mean, I know that listen, I know I know if you have the choice to go on a date with one Carmen Alexa or Derek Carr, you're choosing Derek Carr. I, I mean I'm I'm w- I'm okay. well aware.
0: Okay. I, I wouldn't go that far, but Derek Carr is, is Okay, a nice fine. Pamela sleeper. Anderson or Derek Carr, you're taking Derek Carr, of course. What is this middle school? You're just naming all the all of the good looking female celebrities from when we were kids. Listen.
1: One of the most iconic quotes from from Entourage involves Carmen Electra. So, and if you don't know the quote, if
0: you don't know the quote that I'm talking about, look it up. Well, I've never seen the show, but you've never seen Entourage? No, Adam. If you could see filthy, if you could see the look that Bird is giving me right now. Oh, Adam, you went through college and never watched Entourage? No. See, this is the exact reaction that you gave me when I said that I've never seen The Bachelor either. Well, I don't watch The Bachelor anymore, so The
1: Bachelor Bachelor and I have have had a divorce. Yeah, I'm watching uh, I spend my time now between Big Brother The Challenge and Love Island. Those those are my my summer programs. Um, But Adam, episodes are 30 minutes tops. You must watch Entourage, it is just filthy, disgusting, vile humor. But let me tell you, I laugh my ass off. Just it, yeah. I know you. You like
0: shows that are easily quotable. Entourage is easily quotable. I do like shows that are easily quotable, like The Sopranos, like Family Guy, Futurama. Entourage is one of those shows. Easily quotable.
1: Very nice. All right. You must. You must. Okay. If, you, if you're if you not laughing by the end of the first episode, it's not for you. <laughs> okay. I'll
0: give it a shot. Thank you. I was going to give actually another receiver as my boss mm. that nobody's talking about. AJ Brown. Mm, that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. Where the throwing... Like it's just not going to be that. Like the targets might not be there for AJ Brown because not only does he have a lot more competition in in pass catchers, where it's he's fighting Devonta Smith for targets, he's fighting Dallas Goddard for targets, and he's fighting whoever Miles Sanders, I guess, for targets. And it's just not going to be the same as it was in Tennessee, where it's a he was a one man band from. The, from a receiving perspective, um, even with Corey Davis, he it really felt like he was a a one man band where he was getting most of the targets. Like it's going to be a lot more split because they want they still want to develop their first round receiver in Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. So yeah, AJ Brown.
1: It's not a bad one. It, it's not a bad one at all. Then you also have to factor in the injury concerns that AJ Brown. You know, he hasn't played a full
0: season since his rookie year in 2019. Even when he thought, even when we thought he was healthy, he is still injured. Hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. I think it's a great show. I have yeah. no problem. I have no problem with that one. This is a good question. We should get more questions like this. And and you know, I I'd love to attack Adam on on anything, any sort of argument that has a little bit of a hole in it. I like, like to exploit. I can't disagree with that. I think it's a really, really good call.
0: Yep. Okay. So one, two, three. We oh, just eight, have nine. five and six left. No, five, six, set Uh yes, five, six. Oh, and eleven. And eleven. Um, we'll go with uh. Da, 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 da. We'll go with Thomas Parth at number five. Number five comes from Tommy. Where's Tommy from? How you doing, Instagram? It's
1: big time, Tom.
0: Uh, Massapequa, New York. Mm. Tommy asks, if Jimmy G is traded to Seattle, what does that mean for DK Metcalf and Tyrell Lock? Hmm. Hmm. Uh, it would help a little bit,
1: but, like, would I be super, super excited? Probably not.
0: Honestly, I'm kind of happy because it just brings some stability. I would that. be more comfortable taking them. Yes, I agree.
1: I'd be more comfortable with it, but would it give me
0: supreme confidence in them? No. I mean, would it make me be like, okay, DK Metcalf is a top 10 option again? Probably not. Correct. Correct. Correct.
1: Is DK Metcalf a top 10 option with uh, with Jimmy Garoppolo? No. Like, I have him right now at 17. Would he probably be a top 15 option in full point? Probably. Probably he'd be a top 15 option. Lockett I have at 36. He would probably be a closer to top 30 option. So... They get a little bit of a bump, I guess, but again, you know, would I be would I be supremely confident in either one of them? No, I wouldn't.
0: I'd be less surprised if DK Metcalf finishes as a as a top ten receiver because of the stability of Jimmy Garoppolo. Because he's a he's an okay quarterback. Oh, he I'd rather but I'd much rather have DK
1: than than lock it. Absolutely. Yeah. But we because we also we also all know what. What DK Metcalf brings to the table, like you know, if DK Metcalf only has 70 catches this year, whether it's with Lockett or Garoppolo, ten of those could be touchdowns. That's just what that's just who DK Metcalf is. Yeah,
0: you know if he's got, right.
1: if he's got a 10 percent touchdown rate, I don't think anybody would would be would be shocked.
0: Yeah, exactly. So it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't really do much, I guess. Like it does something. It makes you, like you said, it makes you feel more comfortable, but it's not gonna be like, okay, so second round pick, TK Metcalf. Like that's not how that's not how this works. Where if they trade for somebody of who's better, like a better if they traded for a better quarterback somehow. Like it just yeah. You know, right. I mean. now are limited
1: now that Baker is off the market. I mean, it's just looking like it's just Garoppolo now is the last domino to fall, and then you know that's kind of it. And it's like the only real trade spot that makes sense for Garoppolo is is, is Seattle. Yeah, and, and then and it just really, turns into if a quarterback gets injured during the season, then then I guess Garoppolo would be the first phone call if you were to stay in in San Francisco
0: and nothing I think start. That, yeah, I just think that. Um, John Lynch doesn't want to trade him within the division. I
1: mean, look. If, I mean, if he's getting a third, a third or a fourth round pick for Garoppolo, I mean, that's something that I don't think you could turn down if you're John Lynch, especially if you're thinking that Trey Lance is your guy that you're immediately going to start
0: this year. That's the plan. Or
1: Whether maybe something for him. Right, such... something for him versus nothing.
0: Yeah, or maybe they think that Trey Lance still needs to be needs more development. I don't know what. John Lance yeah, thinking. At the, but at the same time,
1: though, if 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 Trey Lance is sitting again for Jimmy Garoppolo, that could turn into a Jordan Love-esque situation very, very, very quickly. And well, I'm not should... I'm not saying that Trey Lance is, is as bad as Jordan Love, but it could resemble that situation
0: very, very quickly. I think at this point, Trey Lance has higher upside. Even if Trey Lance doesn't play like, okay. Yeah. Trey Lance obviously has higher upside than Jordan Love does in that, in the same situation. Oh, but I Trey think- Lance
1: is a starting quarterback versus Jordan Love completely. And it, we know the bare minimum is Trey Lance is the starter for the 49ers in 2023. That's the bare minimum. But yep. I think ideally San Francisco wants him to be the starter for 2022 and you're looking at all the potential trade places before the season starts, the only one where the dots are easily connectable is is Seattle, barring an injury to another quarterback from another team in another division.
0: Yeah, or suspension. Or suspension. Because, Mm -hmm. I mean, Cleveland could be an option. Yes, yes, very much so. Very, very much so. Uh, Okay, so 6 or 11?
1: Gabby Martinelli, 11.
0: Actually, it's Mark Messier.
1: Oh, captain, my captain.
0: Number 11 comes from Johnny. Where's Johnny from?
1: Uh, Johnny is from uh, Seattle, Washington
0: john johnny schneider perhaps sure john what whatever uh johnny says how much do you take strength of schedule into account when analyzing players
1: i don't really take it into into consideration that often if you're Not as much as i should it, 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 i only really use it as a tiebreaker to be honest like if i'm torn between two guys in a draft and I have the strength of schedule in front of me. I'll refer to it, and that could be a tiebreak, um, but I don't really take it into deep consideration. I don't know about you, Adam, but I I don't refer to it. I don't I don't look at it as gospel. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah, honestly, I do take it. Like I said, not as much as I should. Where I think that. Strength and schedule should matter at least in some scenarios because if a player, is, especially when you're doing rankings, where you're you're torn between two guys, and you're like, if he's gonna have a huff or if he's gonna have a tougher time uh, having a good season, if he's gonna have t- tougher competition than this other player, then why would I? Why wouldn't I pick the player with better matchups if all things are equal? But I wouldn't be. I wouldn't try and galaxy brain the first overall pick and being like, well, if so-and-so has an easier schedule, then I'm going to pick him when the more consensus pick is staring me right in the face. I always say
1: you should not be, you should not need tiebreakers in the first three rounds. Like you should have a significant plan with what you're going to do in the first three rounds. And then after that is when you start bringing tiebreakers into the mix. Like if you if you want to refer to strength of schedule versus guys that you're taking in like round six or round seven, like let's say you're torn between a, uh, a Darnell Mooney or an Amon Ross St. Brown. Let's just say. And, you know, you want to look at the strength of schedule and you're torn between the two. You see Amon Ross St. Brown with the 17th hardest schedule and Darnell Mooney with the 23rd and you want to take Amon Ross St. Brown based off of that, cool. No problem. If you want to do it, you know, Brees Hall, who's got the fifth easiest, versus Miles Sanders, who's got the 24th uh, easiest, then you take Brees Hall. No no problem at all. But if you're doing it, like like Adam said, you're doing it in the top half where you're like, you know, you're going Derrick Henry, who's got the ninth easiest, versus Najee Harris, who's got the 14th easiest, then it's like, dude, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing with strength of – strength, wow, I cannot (laughs) talk. (laughs) See? Yeah, I'm doing it too. Um, The one thing with strength of schedule that you have to see also is that this is based off of last year's results, and you have to take that into consideration where teams do change on a year-to-year basis. I think the more useful strength of schedule or strength of matchup is when we get into the season – and sites like ESPN show you the like average points that a team gives up to players and what that ranking is i think that is way more useful than strength of schedule spot on spot on like i think a great example of that
1: is looking at the chargers right the chargers were one of the worst run defenses in the league a year ago and if you look at any ranking system that is going to project any sort of strength of schedule metric. It's going to have the Chargers as an easy run defense, but the Chargers just got J.C. Jackson for the secondary, and they got a guy called Khalil Mack.
0: Yeah, like that's going to be what
1: you know makes you decide versus whether to take, um, I don't know, Clyde Edwards Alaire. Or I don't know, uh, Damian Harris. Let's just say I don't even know who who would have the easier strength of schedule. Damian Harris. Oh, it's gonna be Damian Harris, no doubt about it. Damian Harris is the second easiest. Yeah, and Clyde has twenty first. All right, so yeah, in that in that situation, you'd be taking you'd be taking uh, Damian Harris, and I would be taking Damian Harris too, for for what it's worth. Makes sense. And I do love Damien Harris this year. Just want to uh, point that out. Okay. Um. Okay. So I think we have. It's six and eleven. Correct. Yes. Let's go with number six. Lauren Cashelli. No wait.
0: We just did eleven. Okay, so it's just five and six. No, we did five. We did it's do six. five. Oh, okay. Oh, well,
1: I'm just silly. I didn't write them down. All right. And just six. Lauren Kashani. Yep. Five is the
0: GG question.
1: Ah, uh, 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 okay. Okay. Yes. I did, I did say Thomas Partey, I think I didn't write down. And you corrected me with Mark Yeah. All right. Then, yes. Number six. Lauren Kashani. Ain't nobody like Kashani. Makes me happy. Makes me feel this way. Ain't nobody
0: like Kashani. Makes me happy. Makes me feel this way. So number six is from Logan. Where is Logan from? Uh, Logan is from
1: Newcastle up on Tide, England. Oh, very nice. Thank you. Thank you. Love the tune army. Oh, love the tune. Love the tune. Great people. feel If, I could, if I could do a, a Newcastle, a Newcastle uh, accent. Yeah, I definitely can't. I'll learn it. I'll learn it eventually. I can only do Scouse. Unfortunately. What? Unfortunately. Oh, my
0: goodness. Oh, Jamie Carragher is offended. Listen, I want to hear a good Mancunian accent from you. I'll work on it.
1: Okay. I'll work on it, and I will do it one of these days. I
0: promise. It, as my, pretty, as my, I, I promise to you. It's pretty close to Scouse. If you listen to Gary Neville, yeah, you'd think, yes. you think you're listening to Jamie Carragher. But yeah, it, it,
1: it, yeah, it is. It, you're listening to Jamie Carragher, but then you're listening to Gary Neville.
0: You do seen see the Gary Neville, Gary Neville is Jamie Carragher, but down in octave. Correct. Correct.
1: Yes. That's the difference between Mancunian and Scouse.
0: Yep. All right. So Logan asks, why is Elijah Mitchell not being talked about more in the buildup of the season or in the buildup to the season? So a couple of Co- reasons. And, Coaching? And,
1: no, no, I don't think so. Um, but I do. I, I want to say I do agree with you, Logan. I, I think I think Elijah Mitchell is being um, is being unfairly written off a little bit. Um, but let's just go over the reasons. Number one, the Trey Lance question. I think if Trey Lance is going to be the guy for this offense, and that's looking like the direction of the, San Francisco, the San Francisco 49ers want to head, it's going to be it's going to be a run first offense for sure. But I would think you're kind of looking at Elijah Mitchell, kind of kind of akin. To what JK Dobbins is to Lamar Jackson, where, you know, JK Dobbins will get his, Elijah Mitchell will get his, but really it's going to, you're going to have Trey Lance and you're going to have Lamar Jackson taking some away from both of them. So, but I mean, the difference is, and I I agree with Logan here, you know, you have JK Dobbins who is hovering around the top 45, top 50, and you have Elijah Mitchell who's barely cracking the 50. So, you know what's the difference really? I'm I'm not quite sure. Um, the parallels between the two are actually kind of similar. That there's a lot of competition there as well. The 49ers drafted a running back, Tyrion Davis Price. They have uh, Trey Sermon there still, who I know people don't really want to talk about the whole Trey Sermon thing.
0: Uh, one of these Trey days, Sermon. Trey, Sermon. Trey Sermon is the Nail Yakubov, Mikhail Blocker. Uh, one of these days, he'll break out eventually. Well, one of these days,
1: one of these days, someone will locate Trey Sermon. And hopefully he will break out of his, uh, of, of his shell, but there is lots of competition there. And, and, and I do think that San Francisco, they want to go with uh, different runners there. Obviously, you know, they had Devo Samuel being that alternative running back a year ago when it r- wasn't Elijah Mitchell. Now I think that it's going to be Elijah Mitchell and somebody else. Obviously, you know, like I said, they drafted a running back. They have Trey Sermon, who they spent a mid-round pick on a year ago. So there's going to be someone else there taking touches away from Elijah Mitchell along with Trey Lance, which I think is the reason why the fantasy community and the general public really are pretty down on Elijah Mitchell. But he's a fine target to go after if you're going to do a zero RB approach. You know, you're looking at uh, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris. I think it's a fine group to choose from, but obviously there are a lot there are a lot of questions with that group. But and I also know a lot of people who are going to do zero RB this year because of just how top heavy the receivers are, and they think it can get pretty good value with some of the running backs, especially in the middle in the middle of the draft when everybody else is going running back at the top, they're going receiver. And when everyone else is going receiver in the gut, they're going running back. So I think it's an interesting little pivot point that not a lot of people are talking about is what if you do the opposite of what the trend is suggesting that you're going to then get some good value running backs that you're going to have no competition for because everyone is so maxed out and already loaded on running back. that They're taking at the top of the draft. I think it's an excellent, excellent point that, you know, maybe a lot of people are overlooking.
0: Yeah, and it's the other way around, too, because you also can get a really good receiver value because everybody else is going to going for running back, like filling out the running back death. So it's the whole thing. I think we've tried this. Have we tried this in any of our mock drafts? Where I yes, we have. We've zigged when everybody else has zagged, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did.
1: I mean, let me think. let me look. Let me look because I do have Probably. all the, uh, all the mocks that we've done saved. So I could tell Probably. you if we did. Probably
0: let's say, I mean, I know it's a draft strategy that you're looking at to do it. We did. Yeah, we did. Yep. It, and who did we take in this
1: draft? Elijah Mitchell. Look at that. So we started this draft. If you wanted to go zero, RB in a 10, Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, And then we were able to start a running back group in round four, Ezekiel Elliott, Josh Jacobs, J.K. Dobbins, Elijah Mitchell. That's great if you're able to pull that off. Now, I will say for most drafts, I don't think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be going in round four, I'm just saying. But that's something that you can do. I think really realistically is if you were to take Zeke out of that and then start a running back room around someone like David Montgomery, Antonio Gibson, or even Josh Jacobs, I think that's fine. And you're, you're still telling me you're getting Justin Jefferson, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans. Yeah, I'm I'm good with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, this has been fun. Love the mailbag, always. Great time. Yep. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdstall, I am Adam Castor, and we'll talk to you Bye. next time. Bye. Bye.